proud as a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverishes Waller grow up to be a hero and a scholar ladies and gentlemen welcome to I don't get it the pop culture get off my lawn cast featuring the open-minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of their rapidly impending entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. You might know me as the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. And with me, as always, the one, the only... You might know me as Bill Scurry, the co-host of this show from American Caesar Enterprises. Thank you, Bill. And here we are. Bill's in New York. I am in San Francisco, California. And every episode of this show, we like to look at something that, quote unquote, the kids are into and uh, try to make sense of it. And today we're looking at a topic, uh, not not the newest thing. It was the hottest thing three years ago. And when we first started doing the show, we, we put this out as a topic. And I said, I am not comfortable doing this until I've seen it myself. And the topic is... The Broadway sensation of the 2010s, Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton. Based on the life of George uh, a, Hamilton. Yeah, based on the life of, of, of crooner George Hamilton, right. Uh, based on the life of Alexander Hamilton. And yes, uh, we uh, Bill suggested tackling this when we started the show two years ago, and I'm like, I gotta see it first. And, um, and finally, I just went about a week and a half ago. I saw it, and now I'm ready to talk about it. But first, let me tell you the basics in case you've been living, you know, under a piece of magma for the past three years. So <laughs> Hamilton is a sung slash rapped through work of musical theater written and originally starred by Lin-Manuel Miranda who was born in 1980 and uh, his first Broadway success was In the Heights a musical about his childhood neighborhood of uh, Washington Heights in Manhattan uh, that premiered on Broadway in 19 uh, in 2008 when he was 28 years old so you know you're a loser. Hamilton was, uh, he was inspired to write Hamilton after reading Ron Chernow's best-selling biography of the founding father, uh, which came out in 2004. By the way, if you don't know, Alexander Hamilton, the guy in the $10 bill, our first treasury secretary, one of the founding fathers. Uh, Hamilton, the musical, originally titled The Hamilton Mixtape, but then shortened to just Hamilton, debuted off-Broadway at the Public Theater, became the toast of the Broadway scene in 2016, and it started appearing in other cities uh, in 2016. There have been three U.S. tours, had a residency in London. It's uh, another residency in Puerto Rico starring uh, Miranda has come back to star in it himself. Uh, and Hamilton, of course, tells the life story of Alexander Hamilton, uh, who was born in the West Indies uh, to a somewhat broken home. Came to the United States, uh, was a noted writer. He helped write the um Federalist Papers with John Jay and James Madison. Uh, he was secretary and right-hand man to George Washington. And of course, he had a legendary rivalry with Aaron Burr, uh, which as, sorry, spoiler alert, which led to his death via dueling in 1804. Almost the entire cast is people of color. I guess the only major uh, white character is King George. But despite the hip-hop idiom, there are some clear uh, musical callbacks to the touchstones of American theater, Rodgers and Hammerstein, Gilbert and Sullivan, etc. It's hard to get into because it's sold out for years and it's expensive, but there is a promotion called Ham for Ham, a lottery where if you pay $10 a Hamilton, you might get a ticket. I like this quote. A high school teacher from the Bronx noted his students were singing these songs the way they might sing the latest release from Drake or Adele. So Bill, even though you haven't seen it, what do you think of Hamilton? And I will never see it. I hated this. I absolutely hate it. But, you know, we... <laughs> 
We, you hated what? Wait, what did you hate? You haven't seen it. No, I listened to it. I listened to. Well, actually, I, oh, sh- I should specify. I couldn't get through all of it. I I had to force myself like a monk, you know, sitting in a lotus position in a <laughs> snowstorm, and I I went through the first act, I guess, to the intermission, and that's about as much as I could uh, could endure. Now, I mean, we should preface this by saying, no, one of our off microphone running uh, conversations is about. You understand that I I don't like musicals. I can't. I can't. No. <laughs> I can't deal with them. I don't understand them. I don't understand the appeal. I, musicals are trash as a form. It's like putting ketchup on a steak. I don't get it. Or it's like putting lime in your beer. I, I don't understand why this thing needs this other thing. It doesn't seem to function to me. I get oh, that God. plenty... You have no soul. That you have plenty no of soul. people like this form. I mean, this could be... We could use this as a surrogate argument for, for nearly any topic that is a musical. I mean, or we and but I mean, I think it's yeah. probably worth just talking about Hamilton itself in so much as um, I try to listen to it and I, I try to give it a fair shot. Look, the fucking thing is is two hours 30, man. And it's like that. Yeah, yeah, it's long. It's long. It's not only long, but every fucking song sounds the same. Jesus, everything. This was just a loop. <laughs> this was like elevator music played over and over again. I get oh that... God. You know, what was different in the construction? I get what this guy did. I get why everyone, every single white teenage blonde suburban girl is, you know, spinning their ponytails about how excited they are listening to this in their rooms in Cleveland. I get it. That he repackaged rap for, you know, for a white audience. I I understand how the staid world of of theater going, Broadway, not since Savion Glover was making uh, septuagenarian Jewish people on the Upper West Side say the words, bring in Duff what was it? Bring in does the bring into noise. Bring, bring in, into yeah, funk. and here here noise. It it was shortened to noise funk. Yeah, to the but I'm saying it's like listening to when I was working on the Hamptons, hearing the old uh, dowager theater reviewer emphasize emphasize the word duh. Bring in duh noise. Bring in duh funk. It's like that, and everyone got on board with Savion Glover bringing that show to Broadway. But yeah. it was like they don't quite know what to deal with a young black man on Broadway, and, and the fact that this was hip hop culture. Everyone wanted to seem this is like that's in the '90s. Now I'm talking about. Um, but that was like the first such phenomenon of this intrusion of outside life to the hermetic caucasoid bubble of theater going, or at least Broadway theater going, not necessarily off or off off Broadway. You know, there's a number of different, there's like watching all the, the Venn diagram of all these things happening at once. I mean, yes, I'll start with this. I tried listening to music and it, from the moment he comes out there, he's talking about my shot, blah, blah, blah. And, and that really pedantic rhyme about how I came from an island immigrants and I did this and I did that. And it's like every single verse sounded exactly the same. And it's like, so this is pedantry. It's rap really slowly. I give the guy credit because it's something he obviously understands very well. Lin-Manuel is obviously versed in the classics. Like you said, it refers back to Rodgers and Hammerstein, uh, Lorenz, uh, uh, what is it, Rodgers and Hart? Yeah, Rodgers and Hart. Same Rodgers. And I mean, I'm sure there's even some Bob Fosse in here too. And, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, it seemed like this was like heavy on the Andrew Lloyd Webber in so much as I, I know. Definitely the ca- the yeah. Cameron Macintosh, that sort of 80s. Yeah, the, the, the big, yes. the big spectacular. Yes. Yes. Um, Whatever this thing is supposed to be, the gestalt of of a young guy. What is he? Thirty six now. I want to say he's 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 not that old. No, thirty nine. He just turned thirty nine. He's born in eight. Born in January eight. His upbringing, the part of town he came from, because he did grow up uh, way uptown, and you know the fact that yeah, he's half Puerto Rican, and he lives in all these different worlds, and he was he was syncretic about putting them all together and creating this thing. So you know, my end of it, it, I kind of you know, I kind of withdraw and retreat because it's a musical. It's like it it keeps me out of it, no matter what happens. 
it's like serving something that's covered in anchovy paste. You may have made the greatest veal cutlet in the world, but the thing is, once you put this thing that completely perverts and tars the flavor, it's done. I, I was trying to tune out the music and just sort of listen to the lyrics, and after a while, I'm like, this is just like listening to someone describe a dream. I'm not interested. Without seeing it, I was able, I could not follow it at all. Yeah, this, this did nothing for me, and I hated it, and I would, you know, I just, I, I resent having to have listened to it. I'm glad we're doing this because you know this is Zent having to have I resent to it, it. it is I, all the shit we've listened to on this show I didn't spent time with and you resent the only Hamilton. thing I hated on, the only man. thing I hated more than this was to have to listen to uh, Lana Del Rey that was literally the only thing I hated Get more the having to listen fuck to fuck out um, oh my God. That's just the way it is, man. Anyway, so I, I think I've made my point. What about you? I, w- I want you to exalt it. And I want you to tell me why. I'm never going to convince you, Bill. Well, you can't. You can't. You have no soul. You're conflating. And I think you've admitted this. You're conflating using Hamilton as the example for all musicals. So you're basically saying, I hate Hamilton because I hate musicals. Sure. But your dismissal of musicals is basically, I don't understand it. Therefore, it's bad. Yes. You're going to take the Republican tactic that therefore it should be illegal? No, no. Because it no. makes you uncomfortable? <laughs> All right, good. Because um, I don't like it, it's bad. Every time someone's like, I don't understand musicals. People don't really sing that like that in life. First of all, they do, okay? There's a reason music is almost a universal language because people do sing. Yes, people don't break in the song in choreographed dance numbers with random people on the street, but it's art, it's performance. Of course, it's an exaggeration of real life. That's the whole fucking point. Mus- musicals seem a lot more natural to me than sports. I love musicals because they feel very primal. And look, like all art, most musicals are shit. And a lot of them are real stupid. A lot of them are poorly written and and play with obnoxious stereotypes. I hear you. If you don't understand, if, if you're that dismissive of it, you're never going to understand. No, I, I, but I mean, I'm, I joke I'm not have, trying to. I joke yeah. you have no soul, but there is literally something missing with your heart and your soul. <laughs> If this makes no, if, if no music, no musical has ever affected you. No. You've never felt. No. I mean, you like, you like music, right? I love. What if they made an Emerson, Lake and Palmer Tupac musical? I think I. Would that affect you? No, I think that I would just rather listen to the music and not have to sit there through yeah. some sort of regimented art performance art show. Story about know? Emerson, Lake and Palmer getting together and falling in love with one another. A love triangle yeah, among yeah. Emerson, Lake and Palmer. <laughs> yeah. Manticore Boys. Tarkus. Yeah. The mu- no, it's going to be the story of Tarkus. Tarkus. Right? I, that I, I would rather see a movie about Tarkus, yeah. Part of my love for musicals, and I've said this, I would much rather be in a musical than watch a musical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was a theater geek as a kid, and I'm still a performer. The thrill of performing in a musical is among the greatest thrills I've ever experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that with the jealousy question. Sure. So what I thought of Hamilton. Look, I, I it was... Everyone's go see Hamilton, go see Hamilton. Also, I'm into American history. I actually am into Alexandra Hamilton. I've read some about him. I haven't read the Cherno book, but obviously I want to, but I don't read books anymore because I suck. And everyone was telling me it'll change your life. It's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I I just don't know how that's possible. It didn't change my life. And (laughs) I'm glad someone gave me the ticket as a gift because I don't know if I'd pay $300 out of my own pocket for it. That being said, it was still a very, very, very good musical. I appreciated that it told a very American story with a more modern American idiom of hip-hop rap while still being firmly in the musical theater tradition. The non-white casting, I thought, was a very nice statement. The production I saw, obviously, it wasn't the original cast, but excellent. I can't explain to you why musicals are good. And frankly, anyone else listening, like, you know, I pity you that you have no heart and no soul. 
and that you don't see what's great about. You know, maybe this is bringing to a, a different, like you're asking me, what is my barrier? It's like I can't access a narrative the moment that some um, finery is applied to it. Because I, you know, I should specify that I, I can't read poetry either. I can't stand poetry. I think poetry is the art of um, purposeful obfuscation. Like these are words and these are images and these are metaphors and things like that. The minute you put it in some sort of poetic branch, I instantly, to, it's biologic. I just have no access to it. It becomes sounds. I don't understand any poem ever. And it's just, it just it's a block out. It's like, I can't do it. Same thing as like, if you take a story yeah. in a net. You really have no soul. If you take a story, a narrative story, and all of a sudden you start singing it, it shuts down. I cannot access it. My brain cannot pick through it to understand it. It goes but, right through me. But it's me. not about your brain. It's about feeling it. There's no way to feel Don't it. You, I have, isn't there art Isn't there art that you love because it makes you feel something? If it's something that uh, is trying to get past me without a narrative, then yes, that's fine. If you're asking me to do two things at once, if you're asking me to discern a narrative, look for character, look for plot, looking for psychology, but then on top of that, you (sighs) add all of the language of music atop it, that's too much. You're making it Byzantine and obscure. For you, art and narrative are... Two different things. Mutually exclusive. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So there is... You've never loved a book... As art? No, no. You've never as, as loved art. I don't. You've never loved a movie. You you fucking watch twenty five movies. A no, week? but I think I think there's a I think there's a distinction between what you're what you're saying and what I'm saying. I'm I'm trying to find a way to uh, to split the hair here. Um, let me let me ask you something. Have you ever seen Modern Dance? Yeah. Yes. We went to go see uh, Sleep No More a couple of years back, and um, right. you know that is essentially a wordless text that is to some degree. Right. I think it's uh, Hamlet, right? It's uh, Hamlet given a little spin, and you're you're watching it put into something that looks like a chamber of horrors, and there's actors that go from room to room, and you're essentially roaming this whole play as it's happening in the round. Since it's wordless, you're watching people act with their bodies, doing musical dance routines, uh, magical, you know, magical modern dance routines. And after about five minutes, I realized. Realize, oh, I hate this. I have no idea what this is. I, you know, I can't parse dance's text. That doesn't mean anything. It's like, you know, they, they're not, they're not saying anything. You know, like they're just sitting there moving in an arcane way. It's like, okay, this is hilarious. This is great. And it's like I'm looking at other people around me, stroke their chins and nod, like, oh, I get it. I see what they're saying. It's like they're not saying anything. They're moving around and wiggling. It's like I can't read that as it's supposed to be telling me a story. But you can read a movie. Movies are explicating things literally. You're actually saying what it's supposed to be. Same thing with the well, same thing with where, the book. Where's the line of literally? They're not doing it literally. Not every movie's doing it literally. Why the ones I like- there's special effects and animation and and metaphor and all that. Well, the metaphor metaphor I don't understand. Like you have to do things literally, and I will Jesus, get it. Jesus, come on, really? No, I understand. Man, one. the Long Island educational system fucking. No, this failed. this is me. You can't blame Suffolk County for this one. No, I, you have to present something as literal to me. I, I I can't read metaphor. It's unsaid. It's in the background. Therefore, it's hazy. It's indeterminate, and I won't pick it up. You need to express something literal to me. You've never enjoyed like an expressionistic horror movie or something like that. No, no, not unless they say what it's about. I mean, and sometimes in the really? mid- in the middle of really? that, sometimes in the middle of a movie, you will explicate what it is. Is, or sometimes it's not about it being a movie and it winds up becoming a state, um, some other liminal state. Occasionally I can latch into that. But if it's not explicated in a very literal sense, then it goes right past me. I can't read metaphor. I can't read allegation. I can't read simile, things like that. Do you have Asperger's? I don't think I have Asperger's. Although you should tell me whether I have it or not. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away college i probably shouldn't brag but dag i'm amazing astonished the problem is i got a lot of brains but no polish i gotta holler just to be heard with every 
every word I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough, a shiny piece of coal, trying to reach my goal. My power of speech, unimpeachable. All right, Noah, why is Hamilton popular? You might not understand it because your soul is a blackened, burnt corn husk <laughs> desiccated within your <laughs> chest cavity. Musicals have an eternal human primal appeal. Cavemen were effectively doing musicals. Something in the musical idiom is always going to have an appeal. Lin-Manuel Miranda is very talented. You know, the dudes, he won an Emmy. He's, he doesn't have an EGOT yet. He was nominated for Moana. He wrote the music for Moana. And if he had won an Oscar for that, he'd have an EGOT. But he also has a Pulitzer, so fuck it. He's got nothing to be ashamed of. So incredibly talented guy, found a good story from American history, a sticky story, presented it in this fresh, modern, catchy, enjoy i mean it's good it's why is it popular because it's good but it speaks to people on their level and that being said even though the ticket's are very expensive let's talk about all these kids right at these bar mitzvahs i do right yeah they come from privileged households but they're still kids in 2019 so their lives are still you know hip-hop and people of color everywhere they go in the media so that is the world they're swimming in no that's absolutely so true yeah it, it, it strikes a very nice balance of I don't know, it strikes a balance, but it, it speaks to them on their level. It speaks to Americans on their level. That's what I like about it. And that's one of my big things these days is like American history. Yeah, it was all rich white guys and half of them were slave owners. It is expressing the American experience in the way I think it needs to be expressed and the way I think is most interesting. That for all these guys, rarefied richness and slave owner and white guy thing, they were very much real people who were of the American spirit. And let me say my definition of American spirit, which I say is a good thing, uh, which is freedom, multiculturalism, striking out on your own, hard work, all these things that I think America is about. And sadly, in many ways, it seems to be getting away from. It's really a shame these tickets are so expensive. And it's nice that at least they're making an effort because I really see how this can speak to people I'm not going to give up my shot. I mean, ambition, it's just, it's such a powerful force. It's something that drives every great American story. I mean, I like it, but I love what it's about. Yeah, I guess I can agree with all that. Um, yeah, this is the uh, most American musical after, I guess, like Oklahoma or, or Our Town. Well, Our yeah, Town's a play. But but, but, um, but Oklahoma, or Our Town is a musical, and Oklahoma's painfully white. This is more American. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's... This is, you know, one of my issues with the musical. I have this in my notes, and, and I was going back and forth with a, a friend of the program, Nick Nadell, because yep. Nick Nadell is also into musical theater. He used to sing as well, and he loved all that shit. There's my issues with the musical as an art form and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll talk about that all day. However, I think just as a media analyst, just as someone who observes pieces of art and, and what they mean, the musical in America is kind of frozen in 1951. And it's very weird, no considering that American media is based on eating, digesting, and grinding up anything older than five minutes. And we've been in this mode for years now, where only things that are allowed to be here are things that are brand new, and you got to throw out what's old and dismiss it and abuse it and insult it and dis you know disavow it. And yet the musical has been in this middle uh, of the twentieth middle of the twentieth century reverie since forever. And for the most part, with you're the very wrong about something. But keep going. All right, no, I think I'll, I'm, I'll wait my turn. I think I'll I'm totally. I think I'm totally right about it. But like, other than other than Hamilton, the rest of American Broadway musicals are Mamma Mia 
It is uh, revivals of Jersey Boys. It plays forever. It's the Cats. It's it's all this bullshit. Where it has proven it has proven itself to be this very staid conservative art form that navigates the middle of the road for the most part. And the thing is, that's what people are voting for. I mean, people are paying. I mean, Broadway is making more money than it has ever made in an entire career. And I think as it began. I mean, this is kind of getting off topic, but it began with the producers. When they brought the producers to Broadway, I think it was 2000, 2001, that's when you first started seeing tickets go for upwards of four figures. And that hadn't really happened before as a phenomenon, maybe one-offs every now and then. But the thing is, the producers began this rapacious idea of we can make movies into Broadway shows, and then we could get people, to, we can get Uma Thurman to be in them, we could make this thing happen all over again. Uh, we can essentially have a money money press. Broadway has been on this jag like a, a like Arthur Dudley Moore, this this drunken, severely inflamed <laughs> liver, you know, driving his Bentley around the streets of New York, weaving and bobbing of, of just taking in all the money you can by making the most ridiculous musicals of all time, like Beetlejuice and the Cher musical. And it's like all they're doing is just piling up cash. Spider Man the musical, King Kong the musical, all these ridiculous things that are so safe. There's it's so it's almost reverse how toothless they all are. And yet into this breach steps Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's doing a show about a guy that none of the audience probably even remembers. They didn't hear a single thing about this guy before he, he starts writing about it. All of a sudden, he's introducing who is, you know, you might consider an obscure, not to guys like me or you, but to other people, an obscure figure from yeah, history. He, he's only on the $10 bill. Right, but people don't know who the hell he is. They think it's... They think no, it's, you're right. I, quick side story that always bothered me. I found this quiz on a website once like who is the sexiest president they give you like six options yeah. and clearly whoever wrote it had only looked at money yeah. because a they included hamilton right and b they included franklin but yeah. at least they admit they're like okay he wasn't a president but he should have been so clearly they had no they didn't know any yeah. old presidents yeah. other than they looked at money so they assumed hamilton was a president and they knew franklin wasn't but who else are they going to name because they couldn't name anyone else was pres yeah. was was president buttons gwinnett a handsome man <laughs> <laughs> Button Gwinnett. Button, sorry. Makes him sound Button like a mobster. Gwinnett. Yeah, one of the founding fathers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a great name. It's easy to understand why this would kind of cut through Broadway like hot knife through butter. I think this is a conservative musical in a lot of different ways. I think it's designed to not look like it, but I think it comes across very, you know, squeaky clean and conservative with all the Melissima and the contralto songs and all these things that the art form employs is all very safe into the form, other than the rap that comes in there. But it certainly has the appearance of something that looks groundbreaking. I mean, and I guess that means it is groundbreaking. I mean, who, who am I to say either way? Because I'm not really a fan of the form. So I think it's an easy read in terms of how popular it is. I mean, also, he's, I guess for the idiom, this guy works at a very high form. You can't dismiss skill and quality, especially, no. you know, I mean, he's, he's a prodigy. Is it's he? very dense. It's extremely dense. It's very, it's very dense. Oh, God, it's very dense. Yeah. But he's a prodigy, right? I mean, Manuel, Len, yeah, Man, that's it. He's just a guy that... like Lanwell. Yeah. Lanwell Ferranda. Uh, well, you're wrong about a few things. First of all, yes, the, the Broadway idiom famously was stayed and ossified. I mean, Cats was a great example, but Cats, I don't think has been on Broadway in 15 years. I don't know. No, it was back a few years ago. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it was a hit... 30 years ago. So fuck cats. You know, my example of Broadway being stayed, and I love complaining about this, is Rent. I hate Rent. And part of my problem with Rent, which came out 25, I don't know, 1995, 1996, is Rent was supposedly about the East Village of New York, a place associated with one of my favorite genres of music, and the music could not sound less like it comes from the East Village of New York. Yeah. So fuck that shit. 
And I used to say, oh, you can't really do a rock musical, kind of ignoring Jesus Christ Superstar, which I love. And then the musical that changed my mind about that was um, Spring Awakening, which was a really interesting musical and didn't really, wasn't really about rock and roll other than the characters that were teenagers, but just very casually, its music was written to a rock rhythm and were legitimately rock songs. And then American Idiot was the first rock and roll jukebox musical that didn't come off as a complete joke, like the you know like the Billy Joel musical or the Beach Boys musical, or whatever. I agree with you. There's still a lot of stage stuff in there, but the shoots show through. Hamilton is the full flowering of that. But look at Book of Mormon, which you know, I mean, you make a good point about producers, but Book of Mormon was in that tradition. The tickets were eight zillion dollars and. People waited months and months for them. And I think Book of Mormon's all right, but it's definitely written in a modern sound, a modern voice. I don't think uh, so, Textually, man. it's... I, Book of Mormon... Really? But I hate textually, it. I, it's very... Mo- it's about people dying of AIDS, but sure. it's a comedy. For what is it? I mean, it's a what, South Park What, what was the refrain? Fuck God and the pussy ass and mouth or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, ha- I hated Book of so, Mormon. I, I mean, I, Avenue Q, yeah. similarly. Adam and mm-hmm. Avenue Q, similarly. I mean, that's less about the music, but more about... It's style of storytelling. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I think, yes, the musical evolves more slowly than other American art forms, but it does evolve. Hamilton didn't come from out of nowhere in that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. Number one, the challenge demands satisfaction. If they apologize, no need for further action. Number two, if they don't grab a friend, that's your second. The lieutenant, when there's reckoning to be reckoned. So, Bill, would you be any more correct in your opinion, i.e., not hating it so much? Well, let's not say if this had come along when you were younger, because it would have bombed if it came along in the 90s, but if you were younger now, would you have a soul? Nope, I've hated musicals since birth. Can't deal with it. What about you, my friend? Oh, God, I'd love it way more if I were young now. Because several reasons. One, I'd probably be more a fan of hip-hop. Uh, so I, but I'd probably like it more just because it's, it's, a, it's a broader part of mainstream culture, mainstream music. So there's that. A. B, you know, like I said, I was more into musicals when I was a kid because I was doing musicals. So I'd be more engaged with that. And C, we'll get to the jealousy, but I wouldn't be so jealous because this would convince me someday I'm going to write the next Hamilton. Uh, at this point, I know that's not the case. You'll be back soon, you'll see. You remember you belong to me. You'll be back, time will tell. You remember that I served you well. Noah, is this show a sign of the apocalypse? I think I know which way you're going to lean on it. No. In fact, it's the exact opposite. And the fact that it's so dense and so erudite speaks well of our culture. And the fact that it is an American story, you know, these days where I find it harder and harder to be proud of being an American and to really love what this country is about and really honor it and really be proud of my country. This is the rare example where I can feel, you know, this is the rare thing these days that makes me want to wave the flag. I'm a fan of waving a flag. I'm a fan of July 4th. I'm a fan of putting your hand on your heart. I think those are all pretty cool things. You just have to never forget what that comes with. You know, you've got to know the truth before you say you've got pride is a, song, is a line from a descendant song. So I'm a fan of waving the flag. You just never, you need to always remember and not make up stupid excuses for the sins that the United States has committed. From my personal experience, I have strong faith in the American dream. It's let a whole fuck ton of people down, and it's committed a whole bunch of crimes. I never forget that. But I think there are, I cannot help but feel there are great things about this country and what this country stands for. And Hamilton, 
I think, expresses that better than anything else in our culture right now. You know, I think of all my friends, when you say these things, it, to me, it's always the most earned because I believe since you, you've been this is this has been your thing since we met. I mean, I, I you've been a fan of not just a, a student of American history, but also explaining why it's important and what it actually means and and it, you know there was like Carl Sagan did a personal journey through the cosmos I kind of always feel like you've given a personal journey through American history where this is what it means to you and here's what it's not just facts in a book and a narrative but there's actually this this gestalt on top of it and in fact that is a little bit of what Miranda is doing Lanwell uh, Miranda is <laughs> is doing with this story is giving you the like this is he's not just making it a travelogue through history you know where everything's really heady it's kind of like showing you in a way why it matters and here's here's what it's about on a personal level because after all everybody is just uh, you know a collection of, of molecules and atoms making tissues and bones and organs and just acting the best they can inside <laughs> of a, a human carapace so I, th- I think you sell that idea very well you know I, you. I i don't think this is i i think with you it's like yeah if Broadway had 15 Hamiltons rather than one and then a ton of other Beetlejuice and King Kong the musicals. King Kong's the musical. King's, King's Kong the musical, I think yes. you might call it. Right. So I don't know if it's disingenuous that uh, you know this musical is using people of color playing all white people to essentially sell an audience on a little bit of a sanitized um, hagiography. Hagiography? Hagiography? How do, you, how do you pronounce that word? I always thought it was hagiography. Hagiography, good. Of, of a yeah. man who, you know, essentially I think history is pretty much leaning towards agreeing on that this man was a slave owner or did certainly participate in the slave trade in some degree. And I don't know if, is that, is that like fair to ask David Diggs and, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. and uh, to sort of extol the virtues of this? I mean, granted, you know, the show is not making it seem like he's just Superman or something, but it is really complex and messy. But I don't know. It seems a little perverse that you might ask people to do that, especially if they're people of color. It's almost like asking Jewish actors to do a musical of Schindler's List from the point of view of Amon Gert. You know, like, oh, let's humanize this guy. All right. You know, maybe it's not that Well, bad, could, it, but... could it also be reclaiming? I mean, what I kind of like about it is I feel like, and this is something a lot of people don't get these days, that America means multicultural. America means people of color. And if Hamilton and Washington, et cetera, are founding fathers, it's people of color reclaiming them as their founding fathers and not just white people. Oh, yeah, yeah, fathers. of course. Yeah. The, the, it is, the, the story of America is their story just as much as it's Pure, a uh, yeah, story or a, whoever A, you a Puritan or someone who is, who's descended from, right. from Puritans, so, yeah. The Mayflower, or yes. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's a reclamation of the American story and what America means. That's what I like about it. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing inconsistent. See, I I think it's the opposite of inconsistent to cast black and Latino people as the characters from the American founding story because it is their story too. I mean, look, would people question when they're if they cast a gay man as Hamilton or a Jewish man as Hamilton? No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because the differences yes. are only Precisely. the differences aren't cosmetic. So so why? I mean, Hamilton presumably wasn't gay and certainly wasn't Jewish. So, you know, what's the difference? We're all Americans, and that's what, that's what our story is about. Coming to the Greenwich Civic Center from London's West End, Sir Lloyd Wilson Webber's rap the musical. Just give me that big, booming face in your face. That booming face. Give me that stupid, bad crime every time. Describe a crime. I'm curious about this one. Uh, is any of your hatred of Hamilton and, for that matter, the entire American idiom 
of musical theater is any of that. The jealousy because in sixth grade when you auditioned for your middle school musical of Pajama Game, you were rejected. (laughs) And the girl you had a crush on was the lead. And the boy who made fun of you was the male lead. And they ended up making out. And you were relegated to pulling the curtain open. You were that guy. And you had to watch the making out backstage before the show. And you weren't even invited to the cast party. Is that why you hate musicals? I want to give you a, uh, a man booker prize for that story you just told. Because that, <laughs> is, so, sure. that is so wonderfully described. So true, right? It, it is wasn't so a pajama true. game, though. It was South Pacific. It was Venus and Fur, is what you mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. No, uh, I, I will definitely confess to jealousy. I don't, ha- I don't hate this because I'm jealous. I hate it because I just... I hate it because it's... You a, have no it's soul. A ke- it's a ke- what's that? Yes, I have no soul. Because you have it's no soul. It's a chemistry yeah, thing. That reason I can't hate it. But that's not to say that, you know, my first, my first girlfriend uh, in college was a gigantic ginormous fan of musical theater she and not that people i went to what high school her, what were her favorite musicals do you remember yeah no she was into the big broadway you know the the troika that was up there at the time uh, les miserables miss saigon and family opera you know that the, the the gigantic headliners that i mean granted she grew up in detroit so the idea that you know new york was still the mecca for these things you know you, you sit fr- across the country in in middle america and you wonder listening to you know cassettes and then cds what must it be like to see this thing so her being in new york in college i think was was like, you know, she was near the source of power. It was like being near the Kaaba stone a little bit. So would she drag you into the city to see musicals? I wouldn't say she dragged because I think I was not really digging in my heels about it yet. I think that's where that's where I became aware of the fact that, oh, I hate this shit. But since she likes it so much, I will sit through the Who's Tommy or, you know, we did see we did see Miss Saigon and Les Miserables uh, along the way. It's like I saw that she was having an experience that wasn't like anything I could understand. There was a fandom to it, probably not unlike my own... That's not true. It was even more passionate than my comic book fandom. You know, whatever I identified with as a kid, I don't think had half of the conviction that she had in musical theater. And probably for all the reasons that you're saying is that you, if you're in it, and she was definitely in it for herself, she sang in a, she was not just a president, she was also the client of the musical club for men. And so she (laughs) got it on a level that, you know, I can't sing or live or participate in comic books, but she could participate in all of these things along the way. And so, you know, I could see that she was just amped up to a degree that I had never been about anything before. So I got jealous about that. And again, it's like you, somebody who's played inside of it, you understand that that little taste. You know, you want to get back to that taste and, you know, listening to it kind of just makes you buzz a little bit with that anticipation of, well, what would it be like to be back inside the game again? And it's like, I totally understand that, but I can't feel it. And I'm a, I, the, the distance, the separation makes me wonder, what would it be like to have had that little, that little thing, that little uh, chasing the dragon thing about it? Chasing the dragon. I'm insanely jealous of this. Part of the reason I did... So when I was in New York for two months, not this past summer, the summer before, my parents had just seen Hamilton and had been knocked off their feet. So they said, for your birthday, we want to buy you a ticket. Go see it, even if you go alone while you're in New York. I really made a half-assed effort. And I don't know why. Later, it didn't bother me so much going a couple of weeks ago, but maybe just the way I was with my business or whatever... Look, I've I probably mentioned this show before. When I was a kid, I swore I would be an actor someday. I did musical theater. I like to sing. I'm not professional quality singing, but I think if I put my mind to it, I could have done musicals. Um, and I think my acting skill was certainly enough to be... I'm not saying this to brag. I think I'm, I could have been professional level. I think what I was missing was the ability to hustle that actors need. Whatever, I didn't, I didn't do it, so I didn't do it. Totally jealous, partly also because I used to... 
I, I had this fascination with Hamilton, not that much because I didn't read the book, but they used to like, yeah, Hamilton, he's an overlooked founding father. Everyone else is talking about him and no one cares that I was into it before it was cool. So I'm <laughs> wild, you know, any, I'm wildly jealous of anyone who's a star like this, of course. And it's, and it's so much cooler than I am, that too. I mean, we didn't say this. Part of the reason this show is popular is even among white people, especially among white people, there's this fetishization of black culture that it's cooler. And I think that fuels a lot of the popularity. So, you know, even trying to separate myself from that attitude, there is something very cool about this. Yeah, fuck it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of this dude. I'm jealous of this whole thing. I'm jealous of everyone in this damn musical. I'm jealous of Alexander Hamilton. I'm jealous of Aaron Burr. That almost that. that almost came out like you were spitting some rhymes, my friend. I I thought you might have been going for a yeah, theme well, thing yeah. there. Yeah, don't count on that. So so where anyway, we're on the scale. So there you go. Where on the scale does it fall for you? The oh, the Felonian scale at that. All right. So of all the things we've talked about, this is near the top. Uh, I like Key and Peele more. I like Black Mirror more. Note, I said I like more. If you want to talk about things that are actually like good for humanity and good for America, this might be number one. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble thinking of what's higher. Next to, of course, flex seal memes. Um, <laughs> what? How else are you going to ride a broken boat yeah, through shark and uh, No, that's water? true. How I, else? I speak before that's thinking. That's my problem. In terms of what's like good, quote unquote, this might be number one. In terms of what I like, it's like it's definitely top ten, maybe top five. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather watch Key and Peele or Black Mirror. Oh, uh, I'd rather watch a Firefest documentary. Um, so yeah, there you go. What about you? I, this is this is rock bottom for you. This is sub basement below Felonian. It's funny. There's actually a lot of things that it, it, it there's it's bumping it's bumping traffic uh, uh, like a collision between like acapella, which it has something very craft wise in common with, but it's like a, a fusion oh, of, of so acapella, supreme, this is us, <laughs> and the and the Orville, where it's like some weird. Syncretic- I thought you liked the Orville. I didn't. I, I didn't. Not, like the Orville. Nah, I wasn't a big fan of the Orville. I mean, I think I think if you take acapella and mix it with, for instance, Supreme, this is a little bit of what that is. It's the hype beast thing, with this kind of like overfloored, conventional, smart alecky construction. And so I, I would say this fits in there, which I'm guessing then is the bottom third of the stuff that we've listened to. But it's at least it's at least as tedious as those things to me. Maybe you have even, no soul. I, I mean, your soul is freaking a lump of coal with black. Goo oozing out of it. If I started saying that we should release the Snyder Cut and that somehow Justice League and Batman versus Superman, I, I was giving them a critical reassessment. Then I think you you got that on me. I would take that and I would earn it. As of right now, I think I feel pretty good about the choices I made in my life. Leave, leave it on that. Leave it on leave that. It on that. Leave our, it on that. Look for all abject those, lie. All of those episodes are available. All the topics we just discussed are on iTown, yes. iTunes, iTowns, iTown, iTowns, SoundCloud. Google Play and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. And give us a review on iTunes, goddamn it. Yeah, come on. Just what, what the hell do we have to do to What you do we people? gotta do? What do we gotta or do? For you people. So come at me, bro, at William Scurry on Twitter, and my yeah. video content work is on youtube.com slash AMCsar. Noah Tarno, where are you? Seriously, come at him. Tell him how damn wrong he is. About Bring musicals. it. And like if you're that girl who rejected him at pajama game. Like, apologize, and maybe he'll get over it, and he'll grow a soul. So, uh, I am Noah Tarno. I'm all about the Big Quiz Thing, bigquizthing.com, corporate and private trivia events nationwide. We're, we're starting to book summer right now. Our, uh, our regular summer clients have been knocking on the door the last couple weeks, and uh, 
Uh, yeah, we do uh, fundraisers, uh, team building, bar bat mitzvahs, corporate events of all kinds, coast to coast. I am headed, uh, just bought my tickets for Winnipeg, Manitoba, our first ever event in Canada. Very excited for that. Wow. Uh, learn more at bigquizthing.com. Yeah, Winnipeg. Uh, get a custom consultation and uh, follow us. You could also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, but I care less about that these days. Or you could follow me on Twitter at Noah Tarno. I care even less about that. So instead, just go to bigquizthing.com and hire me to and pay me real big bucks. That's really all I care about right now. Yeah, Thank and, you. And that's it. All you do, is it's only big bucks. There's no small ticket things involved. Yeah, absolutely not. We are the Hamilton of live trivia. Yeah, that's your shot. So until next week's mystery topic, everybody, we'll figure this out. And uh, I'm not going to give up my shot to demean musicals yes. as an art form. You'll be back. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.